Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. The grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me tell you a story about two brothers. The older brother had four years on the younger, and at the time of this story, probably about 24 inches and 100 pounds on him as well. The younger brother had a, a habit of trying to provoke the older. There were times when the younger, who was much smaller and much faster, was able to poke the proverbial bear and escape. There were other times, however, when the older brother caught the younger. And when that happened, it wasn't good news for the younger brother. The older, taller, and significantly heavier brother would pin the younger to his back and then sit on his stomach. And from this position, the older brother would grab the wrists of the younger brother and force him to smack himself in the face. The whole time, the older brother would be taunting him, saying, Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. You know, I said that the older brother or the younger brother would provoke the older, and sometimes this would come about because the younger just wanted to antagonize the older. But not always. I mean, sometimes the older brother would get, young, uh, get angry with the younger because the, the younger one got something that the older didn't. Sometimes the older would lash out at the younger because the, the older was frustrated by something completely unrelated and the younger just happened to be uh, uh, close by. Sometimes the, the older would sit on the younger just because there was some twisted pleasure derived in being bigger and stronger and able to make the younger brother smack himself in the face while saying, stop hitting yourself. You know, truth be told, it was really the older brother who was hitting himself. Not with fists, of course, but with anger, with the jealousy, or the desire to be in control that, that raged inside of him. It wasn't a physical battle, it was an emotional and spiritual battle that was raging on that left the older brother battered and beaten from inside. And that, of course, led to the physical battles with the younger brother and in turn affected not only the physical but also the emotional and spiritual health of the younger. Stop hitting yourself. There needs to be peace. Stop hitting yourself. How do we make peace with others when there's not peace within? Stop hitting yourself. Where do I find peace? You know, when you hear that word peace, I'm sure it conjures up different things for different people. And some people might, uh, might envision peace kind of on a global level. It might simply mean the, the absence of war between people groups or nations. For others, it might involve the very earth itself, whereby mankind, the animals of the world, the air, the water, and the ground all live in, in kind of perfect harmony, and that is peace. For others, though, they might think of peace more specifically, like peace between brothers or other family members who seem to fight incessantly. Peace. Peace. 
Still others imagine peace primarily as internal in nature, right? Like peace within oneself, peace with the decisions that you have made, peace with the struggles that you face or from the battles that rage on in your mind, peace from beating yourself up for doing this or from not doing that, peace. Well, it's probably safe to say that there could be a lot more peace in each of these areas of life. But there is one area of our existence that needs peace more than any other. In fact, it's the, the source of any and all peace in the world, and that is peace with God and from God. In the Gospel account that we read last Sunday from John, the words, or the first words out of the resurrected Lord's mouth was, Peace be with you. First it was to the ten who were gathered in that locked room, and then the ten plus Thomas. Well, today we hear from Luke's gospel, and the first words again out of Jesus' mouth are, Peace to you. Peace. Well, what peace is Jesus talking about? Well, certainly this peace is internal in nature, is it not? The disciples were startled at seeing the once dead, now living Jesus standing in their midst. And that they were startled and frightened by this sight, well, that's an understatement. That they were seeing a, uh, that they thought that they were seeing a spirit or an apparition was understandable. I mean, human experience up until this point has never encountered a former dead person living, breathing, and eating in the presence of others. Peace was needed to soothe their troubled minds and calm their trembling bodies. But perhaps they needed peace from more than just the shock of seeing the dead now alive. Peter had denied Jesus. The others all fled and otherwise abandoned Jesus. Was the raised Jesus there to exact revenge upon those who denied or abandoned him? Perhaps the eleven were racked with guilt and shame. I mean, they didn't despair to take their lives as Judas had done, but they were beating themselves up mentally and emotionally as they tried to come up with, with ways in which to forgive themselves, as if such a foolish notion was possible. Was the resurrected Christ there to hold their guilt and their shame over them? Could that be the reason for this appearance? Peace to you is Jesus' answer. No, Jesus did not appear to exact revenge or hold anything over them. He came to proclaim peace. Now you need to understand that this peace comes at a price. You need to understand that this peace is not just an internal feeling. You need to understand that this peace that Jesus proclaims, well, that has re repercussions for the whole of creation. That day, Jesus opened the minds of the disciples to grasp how the law of Moses the prophets and the psalms were all fulfilled in his death and resurrection. And so they came to see Jesus, the Son of God, and our brother according to the flesh, 
They live out his life for others. I mean, there was no hint of jealousy or selfishness or anger or spite in him. There was only sacrifice, love, and service. And in Jesus, they saw a man who takes a punch in the face and who turns to offer the other cheek as well. In Jesus, they saw one who not only lived the law of Moses to the letter, but also to the Spirit. And though Jesus never trespassed the law, he willingly suffered the consequences of those who do. Like a lamb before its shears is silent, so Jesus was silent as he went to slaughter. They saw in Jesus the sacrifice that leads to peace with God. The cry of dereliction of Psalm 22 was fulfilled in Jesus in his death. And the wrath of God against mankind's sin was satiated. And now in the resurrection, true peace can be proclaimed. Peace that the world simply cannot give, nor the hearts of mankind produce. The risen Christ proclaims peace to the troubled disciples, and he does to you as well. The battles that war in your mind, Jesus offers peace. The struggles with guilt and shame, well, Jesus offers peace. The mental gymnastics of trying to forgive yourself, Jesus offers peace. Because Jesus fights for you. He bears your guilt and your shame, and he forgives you. The risen Jesus brings peace to bear not only internally and individually, but also to all of creation. Because Jesus lives and reigns and speaks peace, he is ending the conflict and the warfare waged among families and communities, brothers and sisters, nations, and among the totality of creation itself. Recall the words of the prophet. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. Peace. And again, the wolf and the lamb shall graze together. <laughs> the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. Peace. This reign of peace has been inaugurated in the resurrection of Jesus. This proclamation of peace has been spoken by the Prince of Peace himself. This proclamation of peace will be heard among all nations, as it has already started in Jerusalem so many years ago. And this reality of peace will be consummated at the king's physical return in glory. And to you, dearly beloved, Jesus has come to bring a real and a lasting peace. In his word, by his sacraments, the Prince of Peace comes to you. And through you, Christ is making his peace made known in your households, in this congregation, and far beyond these walls.
every time you forgive, every time you serve, every time you show love and grace and mercy, you are practicing and proclaiming the peace that Jesus himself has shown you. May the Holy Spirit empower and enable us to live in and live out of Christ's peace. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.